Today, I'm really excited and honored to have Dr. Jenny Wright visiting the Mountain Lion podcast studio via telephone from the University of Washington in Seattle, Washington. This podcast is part of a series of interviews which I'm conducting about bedside presentations and rounding. And this one, and this is a unique one, will focus on exam room presentations in the outpatient setting. Jenny, would you mind introducing yourself to our podcast audience and telling us where you grew up, went to college, medical school, residency, and what your institution and role at that institution is currently? Definitely, definitely. So, as you already mentioned, my name is Jenny Wright, and I am a native Washingtonian. I grew up in Washington State, close to the Canadian border, and then came down to Seattle to attend the University of Washington. I did undergrad, medical school, and residency in internal medicine here. And after residency and chief residency, um, stayed on in uh, our general internal medicine clinic. Um, Within our clinic, um, I mentor uh, residents, and I'm also the site director for our medical student teaching here. We teach third-year and fourth-year students in the ambulatory setting in our clinic. Um, In addition, I'm one of the associate directors for our um, third-year medicine required clerkship here at the University of Washington. Uh, Excellent. Um, What do you like to do when you're not practicing medicine and teaching, i.e. outside of work? Yeah, I like to do a lot of stuff outside of work. I admit, it keeps me busy. Um, I have two kids, and I spend, obviously, a lot of time with them. And it's currently winter, and we're skiing a lot. Um, And in the summer, we'll spend our time biking and hiking. Seattle's a great place for all these types of activities. And how old are your kids? They're 8 and 10. Excellent. Great ages. They are. All right, so uh, kind of diving in here a little bit to this topic of exam room presentations, Jenny, could you give us a brief synopsis of how you actually carry out exam room presentations on your average clinic day? Yeah, so um, when I'm working with medical students, um, we have a schedule that's that's unique to them. So we alter our clinic templates um, to allow the students about 20 to 25 minutes with the patient alone, and then there's an additional 20 to 25 minutes where I'll see the patient with the student. And um, the student, in a typical setting, we advise them that they'll have, again, this 20 to 25 minutes, and they go in and collect uh, their history and perform a problem-focused physical exam. And I let them know that they can either come out of the room around that time and sit down and collect their thoughts for a moment, or if they haven't come out in about 25 minutes, I'll go knock on the door and come on into the room. And um, as early as, you know, our initial orientation, we're telling them this is typically we'll do an in-room presentation at that point. Um, My style is to have them present their history and their physical exam and then ask them to pause so I can ask any follow-up questions of the patient and repeat the the physical exam before letting them present their assessment and plan. Um, Some of the other providers in our clinic do have them give their whole whole oral case presentation and um, following their complete oral case presentation, they ask additional questions, repeat the physical exam, and then kind of review with the patient and the student um, the assessment and next steps. And is there a particular reason why you do it that way where you have them pause and then you you ask the questions and examine them? Is it just to sort of shore up what you think might be going on with the patient? 
there are a few reasons. One is to shore up and kind of formulate my own assessment a little bit more before I hear the students, for sure. Um, another reason is sometimes I feel like when I'm hearing the student's presentation, I can, I can tell there are some gaps in what they asked about. Um, perhaps some things on the differential they didn't consider. And I try to ask, you know, I ask questions to further investigate those things. Um, and I think in a way I'm trying to also help the student there in helping them kind of realize what questions I'm asking and potentially reformulate their differential diagnosis before they present their assessment. So almost like giving them a little bit of unspoken feedback, I guess you could say. Yeah, no, I definitely think um, it, it serves many uh, purposes. It's feedback, it's kind of teaching of, gosh, these are the additional questions I would ask. And then um, I am hopeful that it's also supportive um, in helping them kind of formulate their assessment um, more completely and um, be able to to give a, a good presentation uh, that doesn't uh, isn't something that potentially could require more discussion afterwards, you know, by preparing them or priming them for the assessment part of things. Got it. So then after you're done doing that, you have them give their assessment and plan. Exactly. And I usually, um, if it's a patient who's seen me before, they've been through this, they're pretty familiar with the process. But if it's a patient who this is the first time they've worked with me with a medical student, I'll often orient the patient, um, both at the beginning and also at this point, saying, I'm going to let Charlie um, share with us what she thinks is going on, her assessment and next steps, and then I'll weigh in and add anything I think um, should be um, further considered to let the patient know what's going on too. And so for the average um, patient coming to your clinic that a student is seeing, how much time then are you physically in the room with that student? Probably about 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. So that's so they have their 20 to 25 minutes to see the patient, come up with their assessment and plan, then it's another um, 20 minutes or so that you're in the room. Exactly. Uh-huh. Um, and do you do this for the residents as well? We do not. We do not. And I think that's a, a good thing to, you know, that offers food for thought to me. This is a good thing to think about. Would this be beneficial for the residents as well? We typically offer our residents significantly more autonomy um, and go into the room when there's a clinical question or a, a real reason that we feel we need to go in there to try to delve into further. Um, where, but our more senior residents in particular who seem to have a firm grasp on things, we don't typically go into the room um, or do any kind of bedside discussion with the patient and the resident. I see. And so with the residents, even if you go into the room to see the patient, I assume that's not going to involve a, a exam table, whatever you want to call it, exam room presentation. No. It would usually be just addressing one specific question. Yeah. Got it. So, so it sounds like this is pretty much <clears throat> something you're doing with your students. Now, are you <clears throat> are you doing this with all of your students in the clinic? Yeah, it's, I would say it's kind of our culture here. Um, Doug Powell is our clerkship director. He's someone who's really um, supported this uh, movement for years. And 
has really kind of taught it to everyone who works in our clinic, all of our educators, and I think we've all seen the benefits of this. And so it's really all of our students. And, and what, what are the, uh, some of the benefits as you guys have seen them over the years doing this style of presentation? Yeah, um, there are lots of benefits. I think um, we already touched upon a few of them that, in a way, it's more authentic, real-time teaching um, in the moment to the student that can be provided regarding what additional questions you ask. Um, In addition, when I repeat the physical exam, um, I'll do it obviously with the student there, so we'll, we'll do it together. If there was anything they had questions on, Perhaps I think I heard a murmur is something students will often say. Then we'll listen together and talk about it. Or if I find something different than what the student found, we can kind of reflect upon that as we do the physical exam together. So I think it's very authentic, efficient teaching. In addition, I think most of our patients like having this kind of window into what's going on and what we do when we teach medical students and what our thought process is. Because when the student gives their oral case presentation, obviously they're kind of really going through the thought process, the hypothesis-driven history that they're collecting, the focused physical exam, and then really verbalizing their assessment and the clinical reasoning. And I think most of our patients appreciate this, um, this kind of understanding what we're doing. And it's also just really an efficient use of time. Um, I think in other settings, I've observed that the student will give a presentation to their preceptor or attending outside the clinic room, and then when they go back into the clinic room, there's a lot of repetition of kind of reviewing that history again, Mm -hmm. um, et cetera. And this does it all there at once um, in the room. Yeah, it's interesting. I was able to find a couple articles on the topic of exam room presentations, and you know, one of them, of course, was uh, Doug Pau, and uh, Heather Rogers was the first author on it. I think she was a fourth-year medical student there at the time. Um, but yeah, in that article, they did find that patients preferred in-room case presentations um, and were very comfortable with medical students and physicians discussing their health in the room with them, which I think is is interesting because the other article I found was uh, from the University of Colorado, and um, you know it was more the residents and students tended not to be so comfortable with it, but patients were, which I think is just such an obstacle sometimes. Do you find that the students, when they first start there, are uneasy about it, or do they get into the groove without too much difficulty? get into the groove without too much difficulty, I do give people an escape plan, I call it. So I always tell the students, if there's something that makes you feel uncomfortable about the in-room presentation with this patient, if there's a sensitive topic that you're not sure how to bring up, if you're concerned this is a new um, a new distressing, potentially distressing diagnosis presentation, then I I give them an escape plan. And I usually tell them something along the lines of, you know, when I walk into the room to, to see the patient with you, you can say something along the lines of, there's something more I wanted to look up in the chart before we discuss the patient. Is it okay if we step out for a second? Um, Some kind of, you know, exit cue, and then we can leave the room and talk outside. Mm -hmm. Very, very rarely does this get used, 
but I do give the students uh, a plan if they feel really uncomfortable that they can have an out. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. So what are the biggest obstacles to, to doing these uh, exam room presentations that you encounter? Um, I think, um, as you mentioned, sometimes the, you know you have to appropriately prep the student for this experience because they're not, if they haven't done it before, they might have some kind of question about how it's going to work. But with appropriate prepping, I don't find that to be a big issue. Um, I think that a barrier I see when I've gone to other clinics and talked about implementing this is that there's a misconception that there's, uh, it'll be take more time, um, that the patient may have, um, may interrupt or, you know, you might start additional discussions and that the the time of the visit might um, expand rather than um, be kind of more timely with an out-of-room presentation. But I think that's a misconception as well. Um, Again, I think the efficiency of not spending five to ten minutes outside the room talking about the patient before going back into the room is saved, and um, you're going to have these discussions in front of the patient. Um, And most of the additions, you know, if patients have additional questions, if patients have additional things to to say, I find it usually adds value. They're usually important points, and um, that I'm really glad that this patient could hear what our discussion was and offer further clarification. So I think it's it's not something that takes a lot more time. That said, in my clinic, like I said, we have a specific patient schedule, so we do structure it to facilitate this. I usually work with two third-year students at a time, and um, they see uh, patients in a staggered manner, which allows me to be seeing a patient with student A while student B is collecting their history and physical, and then I'll go in with student B while student A is seeing their next patient. And that allows me to see almost the same number of patients a day as if I was working alone. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I, I got to imagine that, huh, so so in a way your um, your clinical output, so to speak, would be the same if you were working on your own as when you have two students working with you. Because I think a lot of people listening to this, you know, whether they're clerkship directors or program directors who work with students are going to be thinking, man, two students, that sounds pretty sweet, you know. Um, but on the other hand, if you're thinking of it in terms of a productivity uh, standpoint, it sounds like you guys kind of have that figured out. Yeah, we typically see one less um, short visit per half day um, with this schedule design. Um, So it's not a huge difference in productivity from a kind of, you know, RVU standpoint. I think another thing that has made in-room presentations increasingly attractive in um, is the change in Medicare billing rules um, because I, if you do an in-room presentation with a student and they present the history in front of the patient, the patient can verify it. They, You do the physical exam, you repeat the physical exam that's necessary together, and then you formulate the assessment and plan there with the patient. Um, that's another more recent benefit of in-room presentations is that this really allows the medical student to be the primary documenter allowing them to take more full ownership of the patient and feel the worth of their work more, I think. Um, 
and then the attending provider, at least within our system, our compliance has approved for us to um, uh, attest to the student's note after reviewing it and editing it um, as we've met all of the, the billing requirements to do that. that that's so fascinating, I think. Um, the, that point too has come up I've, I think I, I've seen this I can't remember exactly where I saw this discussion or heard it maybe the uh, CDIM discussion board but there was some pondering about whether this new rule would actually lead to more outpatient physicians being willing to take students into their offices and clinics for the very reason you just uh, said about being able to attest to their work, assuming you know, you're present and you're, you, do, you repeat the relevant points in the physical exam and history and such. That's really interesting. Yeah, and, and so our school of medicine is uh, across a large five-state region, and so we, we definitely have educators in very diverse clinical settings. Um, and I don't know that we've seen a big change in the number of outpatient educators hmm. Um, or outpatient uh, providers who are working with students, but this is definitely something that I'm. We have been informing people of and uh, encouraging them to consider because I agree there's a lot of concern about efficiency, especially in the outpatient setting, and concern that a medical student kind of educating them will somehow kind of slow you down and, and decrease your clinical output. And so I I, I agree. I'm hopeful that this will be helpful in overcoming that barrier. And then, as you mentioned, the students feeling like they're contributing in, a, in an even more meaningful way to patient care, I think that's huge as well. Yeah, I don't think, I, I, understandably, I, I think students often feel like their work is is not necessary. You know, they're, they're writing, they're spending so much time writing their HMPs, but then if the provider also writes one, it they question the value of their work. And by showing them that their note really is important, I think it's, it's a quite, I think that's, that's something we should not uh, discount. And uh, sort of shifting gears a little bit, to, actually, to the students, what do they say about these presentations in the exam room? Do they, do they like them, or are they ambivalent about them, or does it vary a lot between students? I think it varies a lot between students. Um, some students are, in my experience, some of the students are very natural communicators, and it feels very... Um, comfortable for them to give these in-room presentations, and if I, you know, give them corrective feedback during their presentation or their, um, it it works well for their learning style. Whereas I, you know, obviously there is variation, and some students, uh, I think, have a harder time articulating their thoughts um, without a lot of time for preparation, um, and perhaps feel that um, that. It's more difficult to do a bedside than to do a presentation out of the room. That said, I think as physicians, a lot of what, I mean, obviously a lot of what we do is communicate with patients. And um, so I think these are important skills to learn. Mm -hmm, Definitely. Um, So a lot of faculty and particularly senior residents worry about, say, in the hospital bedside um, presentations because they're concerned that, you know, if they have a chatty patient or there's some family members in the room that there's going to be a lot of interruptions of the presentation and the physical exam portion. 
Do you find this in reality as much of a problem in the outpatient setting? I don't find it to be as much of a problem as I think there's concern about it potentially being a problem. No. And I think, you know, there have been times where where someone is perhaps more chatty and interjecting more where I as the attending will just kind of let them know why don't we hear what our student has to say and then we'll pause and let you ask any additional questions. Um, and I think that typically works fine. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so I know this is a little bit hard to generalize on and it's probably sort of a case-by-case basis, but where do you feel that you or, say, Doug or others in your clinic who are doing these exam room presentations um, best place your teaching points while you're in the room with the student and the patient? Yeah. Um, as I stated, I'll have them pause after they present the history and physical exam and then um, ask additional questions. Um, that, I think, often leads to a teaching point, what additional questions I'm asking. Um, in addition, by repeating the physical exam there with the student, that also lends itself to uh, teaching points should there be physical exam findings um, that are relevant or where uh, my findings and the students are discrepant. And then during the assessment, often I will add things to their differential diagnosis and we can discuss why that's being done or I may change the prioritization of their differential diagnosis and we can talk about the, the clinical reasoning, why I think one thing is more likely than another. And then following the visits, um, it's sometimes a good time to reflect on communication style. And um, if I noted anything about the student's communication style that I feedback for, for them on or uh, noticed anything about how the, the patient is responding to the student or, or to me, um, we can reflect upon that after the visit. Interesting. Um, and how do you handle issues that come up that might potentially embarrass the presenter? Like if you're standing there and, you know, I don't know, the, the patient comes in with hemoptysis and they have incredible clubbing and they're a smoker and you're thinking, oh, this patient's presenting with lung cancer, but the, the student has missed something in the history or on the physical exam that your concern might be an embarrassing to them because it was so obvious. How do you handle those situations? I think with humility, um, trying to remember where the student is and where they are in their learning and just try to deliver any kind of create a good learning environment, deliver any um, feedback in an empathic manner, understanding that the student is, uh, you know, might miss physical exam findings. They might be very early in their clinical rotations. They may have never seen a case like this. Um, I really think that's, you know, they're here to learn and, and to have situations where they don't get the answer right is natural. You know, if, if they knew everything, they wouldn't and you'd wonder if they needed to be there. Hmm. Um, another question that I had for you, Jenny, is um, it's it's pretty amazing that you guys are consistently doing these, and for, for numerous years it sounds like they're. Um, and I think the trend nationally, both in the outpatient setting and the inpatient setting, is that we've gotten more and more and more away from the bedside. And I guess as you're... Talking to our listeners, um, do you have any 
good ideas for how to reverse this trend based on your experiences of consistently doing these exam room presentations? How do we get more people doing these patient-centered type things like exam room presentations? Yeah. Or are we just dinosaurs? <laughs> no offense. I, no, I, I, um, I, I think that our institution has really embraced this, and it's something that within the medical school, for, so for the medical students, it's been embraced, and when they're doing their um, kind of first and second year experiences where they're learning how to collect histories and do physical exam, they're going to the bedside and um, doing presentations at the bedside often, um, and then we continue that into their clinical years, um, as we've just discussed. In addition, our residency has really embraced this on the inpatient side. And I would say the expectation when I'm inpatient attending, not just for my teams, but really for all the teams, is that we will do bedside presentations when we're rounding on our patients. Um, so I think it's it's hard to do as a single individual, but the institution or the culture at that institution, um, if, if everyone embraces it, it'll become the normal there. So I feel like, you know, it's it's become kind of the, the status quo here. This is what we do. Um, and there are lots of things always to improve upon. Don't get me wrong, but um, I think it's something that we do really well, and it's because everyone's gotten on board to some degree. Yeah, I hadn't even thought of asking you if you did inpatient. Uh, t- how, many, how many weeks or months a year do you do of inpatient? Um, currently, I do four weeks a year. This is actually my last year, um, but uh, four weeks a year of inpatient attending. Okay, and so so the expectation is on most of the general medicine services, if not all, is that you guys do bedside presentations then? Yeah, at least here we, we have, a again, a large institution. There are multiple medical centers, yeah. but mm-hmm. um, at the University of Washington Medical Center, that is the, the expectation, the ideal. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah. Um, And so, you know, I haven't really heard of a lot, and I think this might be my own, I don't know, knowledge deficit, but I haven't really heard of a lot of other institutions doing these types of exam room presentations in the outpatient setting. Um, Are are you aware of many? Honestly, I've never even thought to ask. So normal for me. <laughs> That's um, the culture thing, I guess. That, that I guess I don't know either way if, if they're doing it or not doing it. Because uh-huh. huh. this would make a great workshop at uh, Aptum or CDIM. Um, I guess probably CDIM would be the logical place to do it. But you should, if you can find, you know, because usually they, they like workshops that are intra-institutional, um, between institution collaborations. And uh I I've, I get asked a lot about this, um, and I I've been a hospitalist for about twenty five or thirty years, and so I know about the inpatient side and how to make this happen, but nothing about the outpatient side. So I think there's a desire to know more about this topic out there. So that's that's a great suggestion. Yeah, we do a lot of faculty development. I do a lot of faculty development within our medical school region, um, but I have not taken this elsewhere. And is part of your faculty development encouraging the other sites to also do the exam room presentations with the students? Yeah, exactly. Huh. 
do you, do you find much resistance to it? Like, you know, people are like, you, know, you got to be kidding me. I would never do that. Or are they, are they open to it? I would say it's mixed. I think people are open to the idea, but um, I don't know how much behavior has changed. Um, again, we, we have a really spread out um, medical school, and mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of our educators are in small one-person practices in rural settings, and um, it's challenging for them um, to imagine changing their template and changing their workflow a lot. Um, but it's definitely something that that I encourage. And I think within the bigger clinics where they have uh, more, in some ways, it maybe more flexibility to to teach students and make accommodations in their schedules. Um, I've seen success, um, but I don't know if I, there's been as much change in our, the smaller practices where access is an issue and um, changing the workflow is intimidating. Yeah, I would imagine for a, a private practitioner somewhere out there in a rural setting, if they're the only doc in the office, it would be hard to be out of the loop for 20 plus minutes while they're hearing a student presentation in there. But uh, interesting. Any last thoughts for, (laughs) easy for me to say, any last thoughts for us about the exam room presentations or anything else around this topic, Jenny? Yeah, I guess the last thought is something that might be hard to study or to quantify or to really know with certainty. But um, my impression is that these these offer us a little more time with the patient. And um, so much of patient care, both inpatient and outpatient, is dictated by, you know, interacting with your computer in the electronic health record, um, both in the room and out of the room. And I find that this time when the student's presenting and I am not, neither me nor the student are tethered to a computer, we're talking about and with the patient um, offers uh, really valuable time um, and uh, more more patient time than sometimes I feel that I otherwise have. Um, and I think that's valuable and something that trying to you know we should try to to foster um, in not only teaching to medical students, but obviously medicine as a whole is just getting back to the patient and talking with and about the patient, you know, without the computer involved, um, without the, those interruptions is something I really value. It seems like you're saying something that I think some of the literature about bedside presentations and rounding tends to allude to as well, which is that it potentially is a rejuvenating force as you're uh, going about your daily work of being a physician. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it definitely is. And um, and I, I suspect the patients feel that as well. You know, when they see me alone in clinic, I'm often typing in orders as we talk um, and reviewing their medication list and their problem list and attending to all these um, all these things that are important but um, are not focusing as much just on them as this time when the student's doing their presentation and we're, we're thinking about them, we're, we're talking about the symptoms, the student, the patient can be part of the conversation and hear what we're thinking. We're um, doing the physical exam together in a thoughtful way and then we're, we're really talking through the, 
the assessment of what's going on and next steps. One other question, I guess I should have asked this earlier, but it occurred to me as you're talking about the patient perspective on this. Do they ever complain that they're there too long? Because you're really talking about, you're talking about really um, close to an hour to be seen uh, between the student and then the presentation next to them. Or, or is it the benefit of just having you in the room with the student outweigh that time factor? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I would say it's rare that I hear a concern about this. Our clinic, and again, this is a luxury of the very supportive educational clinic that I work in, but our clinic, actually, we call patients ahead of time so they know they're going to be seeing me with a medical student. Um, and if and the kind of the, the prompts or the script that the um, our front desk staff um, discuss with the patient is that this means the visit could take longer. Um, so we we prompt them for this, so it's not typically a surprise if a patient, um, it also gives the patient the opportunity to share if there is a time constraint, in which case we can, we can change things up. Um, the other thing that, that sometimes I will do, which I didn't mention, is that at least I usually work with students for two-week blocks, and at least once during the two-week block, I try to go in and observe a complete visit rather than just go in for the... Um, bedside presentation um, and I do this to allow myself to give the student more focused feedback on their history collection um, and in those situations we won't do a bedside presentation because all of the history and physical because I'll have been there during the process um, and sometimes I'll switch to that if I know a patient that has a time crunch oh I see huh interesting um yeah, that's, that's amazing that you have an organized enough clinic that actually calls the patients in advance and lets them know. I mean, it totally makes sense to sort of give them a heads up about seeing a student first. Um, yeah, I think it really smooths. I mean, that's that's something I, we always recommend for, for all clinics, not just general internal medicine, but for all of them, mm-hmm. is if the patient knows they're going to be seeing a student, we tell them ahead of time with a call. Also, when they're roomed, um, the medical assistants remind them again. Um, we don't want it to be a surprise. It doesn't make it, uh, you know, it potentially can make it uncomfortable for not only the patient, but also the student. Um, and we want, yeah, we want this to be a good experience for everyone. Excellent. Well, Jenny, uh, I think I've taken more of your time than I told you I would, but I so appreciate your being here on this podcast. I I know that um, lots of our listeners will find this beneficial and maybe even practice changing and education changing in their settings. Great. Cool. Yeah, I hope so. I think this is, I think it's it's a a great, um, easy, relatively easy change to how you work with students in clinic that can make it uh, make it better for everyone, the patient, the student, and the educator. All right. Well, I'll let you go there. Thanks so much, Jenny, and I hope to, to run into you at a, an AIM or APTM or CDIM meeting one of these days. Ditto. All right. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Bye-bye, Jenny. Have a great day.